Check mic one. Check mic two. Mic three. Uh, check mic four. Uh, All right, guys. Um, all right, uh, so, so this is uh, um, we we have a problem, guys. We we have a serious problem. More than normal. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, code name plant is uh, you know coming after us because Chris, Chris, Chris decided to threaten Fred. Chris, why did you? Chris, Chris, oh shit. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, no, no, no! Oh God. Oh, the we black are man died so first. Well, uh, maybe uh, I shouldn't like make jokes when I'm hungry, guys, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what, let's just cut the music, cut to the music. Ladies oh, the show's over already? Okay, please bye. silence your cell phones and kindly shut up for our feature presentation. Shut the Not the light skin dying first. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, uh, welcome to this week's episode of Bruiser Infuse. Um, my name's Avery, and I have a splitting headache. Um, I'm, I'm here. Here. I'm and, here and why are you? Why are you missing your left arm? <sighs> I didn't well, know he had a left arm. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> He, he got to live, but she kept the limbs. The limbs are now owned by her. <laughs> Just so you know, she's coming after the rest of you. Which, speaking yeah. of which, I'm here alongside my co-hosts. Please introduce <laughs> the rest of you. <laughs> Please Hi. introduce yourselves and um, tell everybody what you're drinking. I'm gonna go get a shot to numb the pain. Hi, I'm Buddy, and I probably a felt like Avery a few days ago because I was uh, getting my second dose of the Moderna shot. So. Um, I, I'm literally just drinking water and Advil, like it's a cocktail or something. Um, I'm literally, that's all that's all I'm drinking by doctor's orders, but I feel good. I haven't had any cluster headaches. Um, I slept like five times yesterday. Um, really impressed by my body's ability to be hot and cold at the same time. I feel like a hot pocket that just came out the microwave. Um, but I'm here, I'm alive. Uh, and now I'm vaccinated. Well, like in two weeks, technically, but yeah, I'm here. All right. <laughs> Chris. Oh, I thought you were going. Okay, I can no, go. No, no, it's all you. It, it, it's uh, Chris, Squatch Daddy, Dot Steiner, Redneck Inunasha, uh, Jangles the, Montgomery, Church Revival Preacher Extraordinaire. Uh, I have to say the whole phrase. Yeah, it's like, or you know, pen name Slickback. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's like a tribe called You say the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm forgetting another name somewhere. Uh, there are some, but they're you only get them on the Patreon. There's quite a few, but if you want to add to our, our list of names where we continue to forget them, please uh, <laughs> <laughs> join our Patreon and uh, for. As little as $1 a month, you can be party to a whole mess load of great options, including 
a potential chance to give Chris a new nickname. Yeah, I don't remember what tier it is, though. Oh, oh and I guess I should say what I'm drinking. Yes. Uh, from Pine House, Pine House Brewing out in Austin, Texas, Electric Jellyfish Hazy IPA. Oh, uh, that's Ooh, your nickname right there. <laughs> I thought it the was a taco watch. I thought you it was a taco watch. Oh, no. No, it's or not. electric jellyfish. I mean, I, think, but I don't approve. Like when a child says a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Brad, and throughout every podcast, you usually hear this noise. However, on this podcast, you will hear this noise. And that noise means that I have opened another beer and am one step closer to forgetting about the pain in my arm, or used to be arm, or in this case, ankles. Um, So uh, starting off uh, the night, um, I have a beer from Highwater Brewing. I believe they're in San Jose. Uh, they're in California. It's, oh, Lodi, Lodi, California, and it is sugary, which is a maple pecan pie ale. Damn, that sounds pretty decent. It tastes. Like, is it like drinking a YooHoo where you're like drinking a melted down it, chocolate bar? It is that kind of what you're drinking. It tastes, that's, what, that's what it sounds like. It tastes and looks like maple syrup. Like why not just drink like maple, maple syrup, syrup with like a shot of whiskey, like a Canadian? Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, I need to go back to those Canadian roots, I guess, Chris. I got maple syrup and I got whiskey. We can make this happen. I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. If you want me to do it, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> or you three can, or, or you three can just tell me to do it, and I'll do it because I'm a moron. I mean, that works. I mean, we we all, we haven't updated the the Patreon yet to have uh the Chris licks doorknobs because he's fully vaccinated level yet. Um, and if we're taking suggestions from our That'll comments, be coming eventually. Our latest comment is just the fire emoji with the clap, so his name would be like fire clap, which is also sort of funny. Whoa, that sounds wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm burning and it's loud. I, that's what I was about to say. I'm pretty sure the clap already burns. So. Yeah, but now it's also loud. It just sounds like someone slamming a microwave door. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or like that that father son duo that used to be on uh what was it called uh the before tiktok was a thing um vine oh, and they would do those songs where the kid would just slam the oven door mm-hmm. oh. so i obviously didn't watch enough vine for that are we done with the episode now after that comment <laughs> <laughs> just Considering that that buddy has, you you know, here's the sad part. Normally, the rest of us are the ones that, you know, usually detract everything. But nope, nope, buddy, I can say this to you today. Oh, God. Church is on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Is this how it feels? Is this how it feels to get hit? Speaking of getting kids, we can kid up them sponsors. Oh, man, that was a great transition. Oh, man. Uh, first and foremost, or Avery, you do the you do the thing. I don't want to step on your glory here. Oh no 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 no! It's it's okay. Well, guys, normally this would be the time of the podcast where we'd cut to our sponsors, you know, get some shameless plugs. However, since we're a new podcast, we don't have any. However, if you are interested in sponsoring the Prison Review Podcast, please 
hit us up on our Instagram or wherever the case may be. You could be like our lovely, lovely attempted sponsor, Shunny Nuts, or... Loki <laughs> <laughs> might just contact <laughs> Oh, oh did, we, did we mention that uh, this episode might sound a little weird because we were having some technical oh, no, problems? Um, also, guys, just, just real quick before we get to our sponsors, this episode might sound a little weird. We were having some technical issues before the show began, so the sound might be off just a little bit. Um, we apologize for that. Hopefully everything will still be good. We are putting our 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 futures in Brad's hands, so don't don't have to up, Brad. Uh, <laughs> but that's but that stated, guys. Um, Chris, who are our lovely sponsors yes. this week? Oh man, Avery, uh, I'm so glad I made that awesome transition for everyone to know about our potential sponsors for the week. Uh, first off, this particle board because why not? Damn. Second. Uh, you know, I once again, I've said it once. I said it. I don't know how many times now. Many uses of hard rice. Mm. Did you know, if mm. you mix hard rice and melted down meteors, Victoria mm-hmm. Hanzo steel. Oh Did you God. know that? No. Oh, I, I, wow. I can make that. I can make that in no time. That. Wait. Whoa. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I almost. I almost did <laughs> it. <laughs> I understand. I understand the meteors. Where the hell did you get the hard rice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has a point. Yeah. Oh, also, side note, uh, I made some fried rice earlier with like some teriyaki sauce that I uh, homemade. Raise. That sounds. You know good. what? You know what? It was pretty damn good. I can see it. You're glowing. <laughs> kind of want to make some right now. Was, was that supposed to be an Asian glow joke? No, it was actually more like a pregnancy joke. Like, you know, oh. you see like someone who's like glowing and radiant about stuff. Speaking of bad YouTube videos, do you guys remember Mr. Pregnant? No, I no. don't. No. I never saw that. Do you I remember don't, don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? Nope. I you know what? You know what it is. We might we might do a mini episode one day of just There's don't hug me. I'm videos. scared because yeah. because you guys, Buddy and <laughs> Buddy and Avery are the two that I want to see watch. Don't hug me. I'm scared. The full series. Okay. It's like I think it's series? like seven. Yeah, it's like There's seven episodes. It's like seven episodes to like five minutes of pop. Uh, we should really do like a mini episode one day, but anyways, um, <laughs> on our Patreon, gentlemen. So uh, we we watched a movie, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah guys. We watched the movie. Um, guys, this week the Brew Dudes cover 2003's Kill Bill Volume One. However, before we get to our movie, this is your spoiler warning. From this point forward, anything we say can and will be a complete and total spoiler about this movie. Thus, if you have not seen it, it came out in 2003. You stupid. Please pause the podcast, go and watch it, and come back. We'll wait. Why did you click on this? What do you think you're <laughs> talking about? You back? All right. Well, if you chose I to not go on. Kill Bill by now. That's what I want to know. Leave <laughs> yeah. like, in the comments I below. If you chose to forgo our warning and chose to click on this podcast anyway and continue forward, it's your own damn fault. So, as we go forward, Kill Bill is about is about a movie about a young assassin who, after awakening from a four a four year coma, wreaks vengeance on the team of assassins who betrayed her and placed her there to begin with. Uh, this movie is actually one of my favorite movies. Um, 
which is so, the reason I actually recommended it. <laughs> yeah, I actually, so when we were talking about it, because um, I know Quentin Tarantino considers Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 as one movie. Part of me was kind of like, maybe it'd be cool if we did an extra long episode of like both the films, mm-hmm. um, kind of as one review. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we have lives. <laughs> <laughs> to do. Well, we have things to do. That's, you know, that that's part of like who Quentin is. He, he very much so has that like artiste uh, filmmaker idea of, of himself and his movies that you know they're, they're so this so that you know he doesn't film digitally he only shoots on film and he only does this and he only shoots this way and it's just like look bro it ain't that serious homie like it's a damn movie <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there was some there were some people either drinking or some somebody was born to Magnificent Eight I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh yeah, oh boy, that tracks. So, you know, that stated, I feel like this movie was. I mean, while everyone, I feel like for the most part, knows Quentin Tarantino as a director now, this was one of the movies that made people be like, "Oh, holy, holy shit, this is Quentin Tarantino." Wait, he's not Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction? Reservoir Dogs is more cult. Is more cult classic. That's true. Uh, Pulp Fiction kind of was a cult classic until a few years ago. Exactly. And so if you even think about that from Dust Till Dawn, again, another one of those kind of a kind of a cult classic kind of thing. Even though he was producer on that one, he didn't direct it. That was a Robert Rodriguez movie. Um, This was the movie that most people know Quentin Tarantino for. For both good and bad reasons, um, which we'll we'll get into. Um, But... I I personally love this movie. Um, however, I'm not so I'm not so blind that I can ignore some some of so, things. However, however, there is something I want to bring up before we really get started, um, and this is something that you know Chris and I have talked about um, from our, our mutual love of kung fu films, like the old like Shaw Brothers, Golden Dynasty kung fu films. Can we talk about the intro real quick, where it is a homage to Shaw Brothers films? Oh yeah, this is Shaw Brothers wrote the Shaw Brothers scope or Shaw scope intro. Yep, and mm-hmm. it is this movie. If you are someone who grew up watching, you know, Saturday morning kung fu theater, which none of us were alive for at that point. <laughs> I mean, but we got all the classics that you can now find on. Uh, Actually, a lot of really good. There's some good gems out there. There's some really bad ones on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, no, there, there's oh, some horrible ones. Bad ones get preserved. But <laughs> <The good laughs> ones are just like, <laughs> YouTube. Well, there's some good. Fun. There's some good gems out there. There's there's a lot of really good ones. I mean, there's a lot of those old kung fu films that were very very badly dubbed that became a part of the American lexicon because of Saturday morning kung fu theater. But at the same time, those same films became a part of what it was Grindhouse theater. Mm. Which this entire movie is a is an homage to Grindhouse. It's an homage to Kung Fu yeah. films. It's an homage to Samurai isn't, Cinema. Isn't this like this is why they did a lot of black and white in it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was it was an homage to an entire genre of films, which restarted Quentin Tarantino's love of those films, which is why we got um, was Death Proof and um, what was Planet it? Terror. Something- Planet Terror, yeah, yeah. yeah and the grind. By the and, way, Planet Terror, it's a fun time. Yeah. So, um, when you drink, I need to admit, <laughs> I need to admit two things. 
Um, you didn't watch it? Have you didn't, never, you never, never saw it? Uh, no, no. Uh, so the first time I watched uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2 uh, was about four or, five, four or five years ago. Okay. Um, and it was because the, the girl I was dating at the time wanted to go. She was like, I'm going to go as, as Go-Go, right? Is that her name? Go-Go? Yabari. She was like, I'm going to go as Go-Go for Halloween. I'm like, who the hell is Go-Go? <laughs> I, I had no questions. idea. Yeah. And she was like, Kill Bill. And I'm like, I've never seen it. And she got so mad. So I, I ended up watching I'm already, it. I'm um, mad at you right now. Yeah. But but the second thing is, so I understand that Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, most people I talk to about Quentin Tarantino, they either put Kill Bill Volume 1 or 2, or um, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction as their favorite Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. film, um, I which I, I understand. But to me, my favorite Quentin Tarantino film that I've seen so far has been uh, The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Wait, but we're not okay. talking about that. We're talking about no, no. I I know, point. but it's just it's kind Quit of detracting from the conversation. So for me, it was kind of like as I was watching this for the this time for uh, the podcast. Um, the most recent film I saw was The Hateful Eight, and I've seen it multiple times because I actually really like that film. And I was kind of comparing some of the scenes. Uh, to each other, mm. so it's just like if I bring up coming going forward, if I bring up something from the Hateful Eight, it's because I like to compare the uh, the different uh, scenes from the same director. So well, just I, I mean, I mean, it, it all makes sense because this film has bits and pieces of the spaghetti western, which yeah, again, it, it really used does. for Hateful Eight. But um, you know, as we get into this movie, there's one thing I want to talk about. I want to just go ahead and get it out of the way. Before we before we even get into the breakdown of the movie, because it is, I noticed it more as an adult than I did as a kid watching this movie. Didn't you already and, do the movie? Huh? I'm the drunk one. Did you already do the breakdown of the movie? Yeah, I already did. But yeah, I'm talking about like us going, going through the. Oh, scene. gotcha. Pay, gotcha, it, gotcha. But, pay attention. <laughs> um. So, for anyone who hasn't been living under a rock, um, there is a well-known hey, fact about Quentin Tarantino. And is that he has a foot fetish? Oh yeah, um, I thought it was weird obsession with Uma oh, Thurman. He does have a weird obsession with Uma Thurman. He's sort of into glorious that's, that's a that's but, a good one. Too. And so I I did not recognize how much foot fetishism is in this movie until I rewatched it this time because I did not notice it as a kid. But there are so many scenes: uh, one of Uma Thurman's feet, two of Lucy Liu's feet. Three of the girl, the woman who plays Sophie, there's shots of her feet. And it's just like, there's so many foot shots in this movie. And I'm just like, dog, like, and, and I have to say this. So when I watched this movie for the very first time, I watched it with my mom and my mother, God rest her soul, um, is, a, is a very sweet woman. <laughs> when she she saw Uma Thurman's feet, <laughs> my mom had to stop in the movie, middle of the movie. She's like, she got some ugly ass feet. <laughs> All right, so, Look, so this is like they could have used a double, right? I, I <laughs> hope they did. Part part of the reason that like I'm a little surprised it took me this long to see this film, or so long to see this film, under a rock. is. I I have a huge I used to have a huge crush on Uma Thurman and I used to have a huge crush on Lucy Liu. Oh my God. I thought she had a huge crush on feet. 
So Dude, it's I, like I thought this was what I was going to. No, no. So like I had I had two of the women that I had a crush on for a long time in the same film, and I never watched it. Oh my God, that's like okay, shows. but let's okay. Is that, put fetish in the Uma Thurman <laughs> obsession aside. Let's get into this with the real homages, Lady Snowblood. Yeah, <coughs> Lady Snowblood was was pretty good. Um, well, actually, The Bride, another uh, yeah. homage. Um, which was how we got here. It's the whole concept of a bride seeking revenge on people who kill her family. And that's actually how we start our movie. We start off we the can, movie. And, and that kind of calls back to all the, like, uh, the grindhouse cinema films, uh, the 70s uh, exploitation films, mm-hmm. especially in some of the scenes here. Yeah, it is. It, back in that time, you saw a lot of and I'm sorry to say you saw a lot of violence towards women in films. Um, and it was a lot of brutality because she gets the dog shit kicked out of her in the first, fr- but, first time you see her. She- but like some of the films that I've watched that Avery absolutely hates and we're not going to get into this, they get the revenge in very painful, brutal ways. Yeah, yeah, we won't talk and about... And there's a, there's a few films in particular I'm referencing that Avery knows about. We won't talk about anything involving anything with Jennifer Hills, Chris. <laughs> I was going to say Christina Lindbergh. Yeah, well, the, the character is named Jennifer Hills. <laughs> you know. Wait, which movie are you referencing? <laughs> spit on your grave. <laughs> oh, I'm not referencing that one. Oh. Well, that was. Well, That's a good that song. That wasn't her. That's a good yeah. song. That would. Anyways, back to the story. <laughs> uh, Brad either. lives under a rock. We I listen to a lot of yeah. Psychobilly, and like mm-hmm. a lot of Psychobilly has to do with the Grindhouse films. So, I Spit on Your Grave is actually a popular song by a Psychobilly band. Anyways. Yeah, but anywho, we, we start off the movie with the whole idea and the whole scene of the bride who we I do not. We do. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get her name in the second <sighs> sequence. However, we do get to. We, we, we see her brutalized and we see her beaten. And we see sort of what is going on. Um, she gets shot in the head. And the very next scene after that, we have um, we have the essentially we have the, the the police coming in to investigate. You find out the entire wedding party was killed execution style, but you also find out that the bride survived, which is important because then it leads to our first fight of the movie. Because then we get that move. Oh my god! We we get to the scene where the bride shows up at Vernita Green's house, aka the house of Copperhead. Um, And it's it's funny enough because Quentin Tarantino has a thing for doing his scenes out of chronological order. This scene is actually the last scene of the movie, not the first. Um, And so. So it's it's kind of interesting, but this this whole scene for me, and I, I know Chris probably saw some homages there, was a real masterwork in showing um, Chinese knifesmanship, because the way that they use the butcher knives is very very common in oh, Chinese. Those, those are not butcher knives. Those or, are just whatever knives, knives. Whatever knives. knives. I don't give a f- what they were. Okay. <laughs> oh, can we can we uh, another homage to seventies grindhouse films? Jacqueline Brown. Oh yeah, and Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I will say this: that that first fight scene in that house, 
the whole time I I remember when I watched it the first time and even when I watched it this time and I've seen this movie a few times in between every time I watch this movie that is my second favorite fight of this whole movie because you're kind of seeing the knife skills in a small space and then like automatic pause an automatic understanding between the characters like let me take care of this Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, and then, then it just goes into a shit show when it's like, "Do you want a coffee?" Yeah, and then <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah. I love the way that they, that Quentin Tarantino film scripted this section. This section is like probably my favorite scripted section of the film uh fight scene wise though there are better fight scenes but like the way this was you know, the thing is this is actually my favorite fight scene of the movie and it's, it's yeah it's my favorite fight scene of the movie because as we will talk about as we get towards the later part of the movie that part of the movie doesn't take skill not to say that it's not skillful to to choreograph that large of a fight scene. But those sorts of fight scenes were meant to make the hero seem undefeatable, unbeatable. They can take on an army and win. But here it's the bride versus someone equally as skilled as her. And it's just one-on-one. Like, like, how are you gonna survive this? And so I I personally really love this scene for a lot of the same reasons Brad was talking about, because we get a lot of character work here. And I feel like you get character work from the word go. Because that door opens, Vivica A. Fox, aka Vernita Green, sees the bride. You get the and next thing you know, yeah. And next thing you know, it's Uma Thurman punching Vivica A. Fox in the face. Character <laughs> development. It, it, it was it was beef on sight. <laughs> like impossible and she. And you know, and I, I oh yeah, impossible and she go, dude. Yeah. Buddy, thank you. And I quickly want to point out though. This movie came out at the height of a lot of the actors in this movie's careers. So at this point in time, uh, Uma Thurman was probably one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood um, yep. for, a, for, a, for a lot of her roles. Lucy Liu at this point had been determined the sexiest woman alive, <laughs> which is true. And Vivica A. Fox was the standard of black Hollywood at this time. So hey, can we, I, I, I kind of want to like give a lot of props to um, uh, the char- uh, the actors, actresses trainings for this film because oh, yeah. it it everything from them speaking other languages to like their fight choreography to like everything was just done so well throughout the whole film. Speaking of other languages, though, the actress who played Sophie, she didn't have to learn anything. She actually oh, yeah. speaks Japanese and French, yeah. <laughs> like fluently. Like she actually speaks it. It's, but anyway, it's, 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 it's upsetting. How, well, how that that kind of like that kind of like brings me to like kind of like a side point, but with the movie, is it seems like Quentin Tarantino really really likes adding in multi languages into all of his films. Um, Diversity. Uh, I will say this: *Inglorious Bastards* is probably the best representation of it, but this is an excellent representation of of the actors kind of learning and not just parroting a language. 
Yeah. So it, um, it was, you know, was like getting back to the scene, I think this scene, you know, had some really great knife work in it, which I know Chris probably appreciated. Um, and the, the, the sheer back and forth nature of the fight scene, especially when it, they started to use things that were around them, what was a little bit easier. Um, however, we get we do get that that moment where the fight breaks down. The daughter comes in. They decide to take a break. And you have, yeah, they, they take a break and you have that comedic beat where you think everything is okay and then Copperhead pull, try, pulls out a gun out of a cereal box, which I had to realize, I did not realize at first, the cereal box says kaboom. They knew, yet it has they knew, a gun hidden inside of it. I did not exactly catch that as a kid. Doing. And so she tries to shoot, they kick the cup, throws a knife, and she's dead. But the daughter sees it. Which opened, which opened up because they Quentin Tarantino had talked about it in an interview, and I can't remember which one. That he did that intentionally in case they ever wanted to do a sequel to the the Kill Bill. Movie. Yeah, they were talking. He was talking about making a movie called uh, Kill the Bride. Yeah, or something. And, like but that. he wanted all the same actors, actresses in it. Mm, um, yeah, the are coming back for that. Yeah, well, I mean, he did it intentionally because it would be the daughter of Anita Green coming after the bride. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that, that, that would be cool. That would like Yeah. That. So, I mean, after this scene, though, we we get to see a lot of what triggered the bride because we, we, we find out, OK, this is sometime in the future. We go back in time to see she she survived her gunshot. Um, she became comatose, was being raped by truckers. And All right. But can we can I, like honestly, no. though, <laughs> that is such a cool scene. Wiggle your fuck? no, wiggle whoa, your whoa, big whoa. toe. Oh, when she's like, wiggle your big toe. Okay, you 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 jump the gun on that, Brad. Yeah, the context timing, the timing was all off. You, you, you oh, jump you so, so it, it became a cool scene after she woke up, realized what yes. people were doing to her, <laughs> and then yeah, fit, yes. then then literally killed the dude by ripping half his face off. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> but I'm I'm talking more of the of the like. You've done XYZ. This is what happened. Now wiggle your big toe. Like okay. that would you could too. feel the tension. Like you oh, yeah. you knew it was gonna be okay, but like you're like shit, <laughs> but how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's definitely cool. Go ahead, what's up, Chris? I was gonna say let's just skip ahead to yeah. uh Hanzo and uh well, a really bad sushi there. restaurant. Right. <laughs> well, I, I quickly wanted to point out so we get a point when she's trying to figure out how to work her legs despite Bradley's poor timing um, very poor timing <laughs> just, yes. you're like, welcome. you can time that any worse like, that, that was the worst <laughs> I could have, I could have. Uh, but we, we get these, these cool um, intercuts of anime to show the origins of Oren Ishii um, and I remember which. go ahead Homage to uh, Lady Snow Snowblood. Can't remember the title mm. now because where they use the <laughs> these stills to help break up <laughs> and to show things that were too they they were too costly to to film. Lady Snowblood, I was right. Yeah, and so um, it was. I I really loved those scenes because it kind of showed you like the brutality of the world that they live in, um, the world of yakuza, the world of assassins, the world of this, that, and the other. And you find out. Can we talk about her uh, army dad just like giving crap out of everybody? Like with open palms, with open 
palms was beating the dog shit out of people. I love the anime cutscene like as a whole. I think that they did that so well. It was super cool and you got this moment of seeing how Cottonmouth, aka Oren Ishii, was baptized in blood. Like literally, she was baptized in her mother's blood and it created this Yakuza murdering monster. Um, because the, the scene you get after that is showing her killing her mother's killer and taking out his guards. When, Because, of course, we get the creepy anime. She's leaned back, her head cracks to the side, eyes wide, just staring at them. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like, um, and so that was really cool because you find out she becomes the leader of the Yakuza, which is unheard of, especially because she's a half Japanese, half Chinese American who then makes it her her duty to to run the yakuza but she she and does it off a dude's head but that comes later that 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 come that so comes awesome. that comes after she she <laughs> becomes a protege of bill now the the whole reason all of this is important though is because this is on the bride's way to japan she is going to japan to find a weapon to kill oren Ishii because oren is a samurai. Matter of fact, she's in a. She, she is a samurai, and uh, she she looks for a one Mister Toy Hanzo, which didn't really make sense to me because in Japanese history, Toy Hanzo is not a samurai. He technically is a ninja, but I mean, he's the leader well, of the. But, uh, uh, well, he's the leader kinda, of the. I'll, yeah, I'll kind of give them a little bit of leeway just because the weapons were very very similar. And the fighting style, although very different, they were very much so um, commingled with each other. When you talk about fighting each other, the samurai learned ninja techniques to counter ninja techniques in history. Like, it was so weird. So, I'm going to burst your bubble. Ninja didn't exist. No, yeah. They were real. No, they no. didn't. The, the ninja were based off the Hashinin which are a <laughs> they were Middle Eastern assassin okay, group. Yeah. The the term ninja as we know it did not exist. Well, <laughs> there were there were farmer groups that would do very very similar things where they had like floorboards to hide under stuff like that. And they yeah, actually Samurai said that too. Yeah, they all actually those, all would those, all, all of those techniques came from the samurai. Okay. You have to try historians here. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> But uh, it goes anyways after, after Brad's, Brad's piss poor explanation. Yeah, we, that's fair. We we get the interlude with Hatori Hanzo, which I'm pretty sure Chris loved because he likes swords and you know, Sunny Shiba. <laughs> uh, I don't know that whole entire that whole entire seek like those few scenes were kind of fun, especially when they're he, she's in the she's against American today. It's sushi restaurant. Yes, I'm an American, not an American. Hey, I see the I see the cringe on uh, Buddy's face. It's all right, but, but but you know what though? That was a really cool scene because you got to see a lot of character work there. Because you got to see Uma Thurman play the the dumb American bimbo, and you got to you got to see Sunny Shiba play up the the sushi shop owner where he gets to get into it with his incompetent coworker. But you find the, out they just, you know, every everybody's playing a role here. <laughs> everybody's playing a role True, here because it's on Sunday. Yeah, because, you know, Sunday. Because Hattori Hanzo is, 
he is a, he's a master sword maker, but he no longer makes weapons of death. And um, she convinces she convinces him to make her weapon because Bill used to be his protege, and it's because of him that Bill ruined her life. Uh, where does that take us afterwards? Uh, I'm kind of skipping ahead because I know we're under some time constraints. It, it takes us straight to Tokyo because this takes Google us like the, it takes us to like the last 30 minutes of the movie, which is literally one gigantic fight. <laughs> oh man, great! Like you, so, like you care about the character, you understand her means, why she wants to do this. She went on a journey, and now we're just gonna enjoy this massive fight scene. And it, it really is massive because it's the bride versus. Oren Ishii, Gogo Yabari, and the Crazy 88. And it all starts with her chopping off Sophie's arm. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I expected Sophie to get out of this, like, scot-free. I, I think it's because I, I felt like the bride hadn't really killed, I guess what's the phrase, people who weren't directly tied to them just yet. Like, like, yeah, the people in the hospital, of course, she killed them. But, like, I was like, okay, maybe Sophie will just get, like, a scratch. Nope. But she she killed the people in the hospital because they, they wronged her. They they, 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 they they deserve that. But her she, emoji. <laughs> but she also, but she went after Sophie because Sophie was directly involved. Sophie was yeah. there. She Sophie did not try to stop. And Sophie was smiling and laughing on the phone while she's getting the dog crap kicked out of her. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. 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 And so... So Sophie, Sophie was the first one, and her chopping off Sophie's arm was was the the first shot of the war against the Crazy Eighty Eight. Which you know she kills a couple mooks, but then we get to fight with Gogo Yabari, in which we begin to learn a little bit about Gogo, in which Ooh. what she, what she lacked in age, she made up for in insanity. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all like the call terrifying villain. All the callbacks to. There's a lot of movie references in here. Uh, was it the flying guillotine? Um, flying guillotine with uh, Gogo's. Uh, it's mace, a. Well, it's, 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 it's a. It was, yeah, it's, it's a well, technically a morning star, but also it reminded me a lot of a meteor hammer. Yeah, um, it was an homage to the fly, uh, the flying guillotine. Okay. Wow. Um, too. Yeah. I would have liked to have sat down with Quentin Tarantino and just watched these movies with him as like he's building this well of references uh, and information to draw from. Hmm. Of course, uh, the bride's costume being an homage to uh, Game Bruce of Death. Wayne Fist. Uh, yeah, it's Game of Death. Game of Death. Yeah, Game of Death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like his famous color scheme is um, yellow primary mm-hmm. yellow and then secondary black. The the whole eye picking, the whole eye picking thing. I think it's Five Fingers of Death. I have some references in front of me. That would make sense because she uses like the Five Fingers of Doom and spoiler alert, kills it too. <laughs> <laughs> what else was there? Uh, the scene where the homeboy's cut in half. I think that's an homage to the Japanese film in particular. Yeah, there, uh, there one were, of the horror ones. Yeah, no, there was um, some references there to Tokyo Gore Police. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, and I think Gogos was based off Battle Royal. Uh, no, yes, she was. Crack. Which is funny because the actress who plays Gogo ended up acting in a Battle Royale. Like a sequel or something, or no, no, she plays. Well, she plays one of the main characters in Battle Royale, the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, that tracks. Yeah. Wow. Good on her. The range. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I was gonna say Gordon Liu, but I think that's volume two. Gordon Liu's in this one. Uh, I'm sure you got a cast people to work with. Yeah, just a whole bunch of references in that. And the main, I guess the Crazy 88 fight scene is what we're referencing. We'll get to the other one later. Yeah, I mean, the Crazy 88 fight scene is probably the fight scene everybody knows because it is hyper-violence at its, at its best. It Isn't is quite... Sorry, I was going to say, did you have a favorite, like, death or moment in the Crazy 88 fight that just stuck with you? Uh... There are a lot to choose from. Yeah, no, there, there, are, <laughs> there, are, there are a lot to choose from. I mean, honestly, if I, if I if I have to choose the from a from the crazy eighty eight fight, I mean, I just got to go with you know her fight with Go Go, just plain and simple. Oh, oh no, I was checking just from the eighty eight people. Oh, j- 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 just from her murder in the eighty eight, the, the yeah. kid at the end, and it's not even a death. Where she <laughs> yeah, chops where? his sword, chops his you, sword, chops his you. sword. <laughs> this is what you get for f- with Yakuza. <laughs> now go home to your mother. Uh, <laughs> um. It's not even a death, it's part of the scene. It's obviously an homage to uh, Wire Kung Fu, where she like jumps up like oh, 20 feet. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we, like, well, we all they, know what that's from, and we didn't care. No, and that's the thing, like, they did it so much here, like, running up the banisters, hopping from table to table. Like, she, basically, she's or like buying. Yeah, balancing on what is more or less a two by four. Yeah, oh, it is, yeah, it's so insane, but we buy into it because we know at this point, this movie, the movie does not have this super in-depth storyline. It doesn't have to. It's yeah, about it revenge. It doesn't like, exist in our universe, per se. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist in our universe. So the whole point of this movie is this woman is out to kill these people who wronged her. That's all we need to know. That is the movie. We're in and, easy like that. Yeah, and uh, she... I, I was going to add in my favorite moment in there is when she, uh, oh, God they, they, they like get into a, um, a fight and they cross swords and then she just plucks the eye out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's just, boop. and that's, that's also when they, they turned, uh, to black and white for about a good span of like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, because she blinded the cinematographer at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. And then when she, cause it, the fight almost like resets for a moment when she stabs that guy and drags him back into the middle of the, the field per se and she's surrounded again but this time she drops down and she begins spinning backwards and cutting them off at their ankles each time which this, I thought was great uh, this is uh, I'm so sorry to cut you off you uh, real quick this is this is off topic um, but it's it's important. Let's stay on topic. I, it's important. You'll bring great uh, dishonor to so your family. A lot of a lot of the beers that I have as my side beers are blank because I get them from a local brewery and they're called their shiners. Mm-hmm. And so I just opened this one, and this is not a beer. This is a seltzer, which blew <laughs> up when I opened it, and it is blue as hell. Oh, Ooh. what is that? Is that safe? Uh, I hope so, but I need to change <laughs> my pants. <laughs> because it's all over my pants. So, 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 so wait a minute. So, Brad has really, really bad timing, and then he has to change his pants. Not uh, only oh, wow. is it not beer, it is it is blue, and it exploded everywhere. Yeah, thank God the title isn't on there. He would drag that beer. Oh my God. Oh man. 
right next to my dresser, so you know it works. That's that, okay. That's it is. That, that tracks. But um, <laughs> but, but you yes. know the, the the crazy eighty-eight fight is an example in filmmaking and fight choreography because, like I said, it is the whole idea of the 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 one versus the army. Can can she take out Oren Ishii's army? Which we know she can, but it's how can she do it? Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed, the constant trope that we saw after she question, woke up. Question. What's up? Crazy 88, was that a reference to, uh, is there a specific reference to that? Because I'm thinking uh, in Legend of the Drunken Master when the the, the Axe Gang scene. Yeah. Where, it, it, it where the two of them be. might be. It, it might some... be an homage, but I think it's also I think it's also an, um, a band uh, like a band name that Quentin really liked. Because there's yeah. uh, and you know the fight scene I'm referencing. There's some ta- the table thing is kind of what. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Brad, um, uh, speaking of which, Brad, how's the how's the beverage? Yeah, how's the um, it's actually uh, really good. Ribbon. So I believe how's the genie jizz. Um, <laughs> I believe this is so this is uh, from Alvarado Street Brewing, and I believe it's Why? called their Jesus. Blue Hawaiian, oh, which is like yeah. which is like uh, coconut. You know, are you, insert. Are you drinking or are you just like eating pie? That's what I want to know. That's what it basically. You know, at this like. point, I've great. been eating pie because I got maple pecan pie and then like blue Hawaiian. Which why not just get like a regular beer, like a PBR, buddy? Well, he's in California. Well, he's in California, and he's mm. about to move to Seattle. So he's 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 evolving as a hipster. We yeah, have to understand this. Oh, uh, <laughs> that would be a Mount Rainier, which is uh, their version of Lone Star, which it's cheap, gets the job done. I ain't complaining. But and it's good as shark. But is it is it cheaper than than uh, Big Flats? Nothing's mm. cheaper than Big Flats. At least, oh god, Mount Rainier has an entertaining commercials. Big oh, Flats uh, had a so- cheap. Had a T-shirt for like a dollar ninety nine. I I do have a question. Uh, out of this whole movie, guys, uh, what was your favorite death scene? Well, oh, out of the whole movie. We're not doing. Well, well, we're yeah. about to get to the last. Oh, last oh yeah, okay. what the last? sorry, I got distracted by my weird ass. No, you're good because you're good. I, no, you're good. I was adding I, this one joke real quick. Um, if you think Brad is hipster now, wait till he starts streaming from his typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> No, what he's gonna, no, he, no, here's what he's going to do. He's going to get an iPad, but instead of like a just, you know, you, you know, I can get like external keyboards for iPads. Mm-hmm. He's going to get oh, the yeah, I've seen one. That. I've seen that. It's <laughs> and like then he's going to carry It's not even the foldable one. It's the ones you have to like physically carry. Like 20 like, pounds. You have to have like, yeah, a 20 pound like oh, just I, keyboard. Wait, wait, wait but a minute. Because I really want one. <laughs> like, I want two. He's growing on you, Avery. I'll write, I'll write my next book on that. that oh, man. That's my favorite. Are you, you, you going to write it on vintage paper? Jeremiah Wash the Gray, now available on Amazon. Please support me. Buy it. Please, God. Please. If you want to see if you want to see it printed on vintage paper, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> By the way, that's a new Patreon tier we just came up with right now. Right now. Um, but you know what? So, something that didn't occur, that didn't just happen on the spot, like our Patreon plug here, was the was the snow fight scene between Oren Ishii and the bride. Um, as Chris has mentioned multiple times, that in, this entire movie 
was a callback to Lady Snowblood in this last fight scene is literally that. Um, and this was mo- even mostly- down, even down to the to the sky, to the yeah. like night sky. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. super insane the level of detail that went into this last fight scene because every bit everything about it was uh, was broken down into traditional samurai cinema. Like that's what we were looking. We were watching a duel between two samurai, and you even get the line when Orin cuts the bride across the back. She says. Um, you know, silly Caucasian girl likes to play with swords and pretend she's a samurai. You know, she said you may. She said you may not fight like a samurai, but at least you can die like a samurai. And yeah. the next thing, next thing the bride does is pops up and tells her in Japanese to bring it on. <laughs> like, yeah, she's and, like, attack me. Yeah, she's all the yeah. men. Yeah, and then she, you know she she cuts Orin, and then Orin's like. You know that shit I was saying to you? You know shit I was talking? My bad, girl. Uh, <laughs> so, so somebody can like go back and correct me, but uh, someone was telling me that that entire scene was five minutes long because of uh, Lucy Liu's line of "You won't last five minutes." I wouldn't. It wouldn't I've never me. timed it, but. That's hey. interesting. It, it honestly I don't know. It might, uh, if it was done on purpose, good on him. I've never timed it out myself. Yeah, I was like, I, I haven't either. I, like I said, it would not surprise me. Um, like a deep cut. But I, I loved this whole fight scene because it was... Speaking of deep cuts. <laughs> what a, oh, All yeah. the entire film. There, there was... Mm-hmm. It was a deep cut, all right. A deep cut straight through somebody's skull. Um, no, no, it was like a perfect, like just circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it was a great fight scene because they get to the point where they're both injured, and they look at each other and they're like, "Are you ready?" And it's like, "Yeah, let's let's do this." And it's literally just it's it's the traditional sword slash. Each one attacks, and the match ends. And it ends. Cool. Yeah, and it ends with somebody's scalp flying across the, the, the midnight yeah. blue sky. Um, and it's, you know, it's such a poignant way for the fight to end because it's this whole ballet of bloodshed and elegance that we get because the bride just has to sit down and she's covered in blood. And this is one thing I wanted to say a little bit earlier, but there's one trope that we get throughout the whole movie after she wakes up, and it's that his beauty is never sullied. It is never tarnished. Because even though Umather may be covered in fucking blood, <laughs> her face never catches scratches or anything on it for the rest of the movie after she wakes up. She's she's cut up, she's marked up, she's covered in blood, but her face never gets a black eye, never gets a cut, never gets nothing. Because that's the whole point behind her. She's she's the bride. You don't tarnish beauty. Um, oh, you know what? And there's that, that snow that gets like the blood on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yep, see it. Yep. Yeah, sees it. And but we we do get one quick scene after this though. It's probably one of my favorite scenes. When she she hucks Sophie's ass down the snowbank at the hospital. <laughs> she literally pulls her ass out of the car and just throws her down a hill. <laughs> I might have missed this, but it, it, so did she like quarter Sophie basically? Uh, she only cut she only cut off Sophie's arm. She only cut she she cut off their arm, and then when she told everybody to leave. 
um, you know, but leave your limbs. But she said, but not you, Sophie. She's like, you stay right here. And then Sophie's basically just sitting there crying on the ground when everybody ignores her. I mean, um, that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> I mean... But yeah, but die. I mean, I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she pretty much just ties Sophie up and throws her in the trunk and then throws her out at the hospital because she wanted her to live because she wanted her to convey the message to Bill that she's coming for them. But you, we, we get through this whole thing where you hear, you know, you hear that they, they, they know they have this coming. They, they know whatever punishment she has for them, they deserve it. But what she doesn't know is that her daughter is still alive. Yeah, that's the yeah. kicker. That is such yeah. a kicker. And it's in this, and then, in this. Sorry, go ahead. And we get the Green Hornet theme at the end. <laughs> oh man, uh, this this movie. I, I love this movie. Um, am I am I you know impartial enough to tell that this movie is also kind of shitty? Yeah, but it's intentionally shitty. It's it's made to be a 1970s grindhouse film. Yeah. It's, it's they they're intentionally bringing up those old tropes so i i love that about it um it, it knows exactly what it is exactly yeah. yeah and you know i have to give all the props in the world to quentin tarantino despite his insistence on foot shots uh and, first his, strange, and his strange obsession with Uma thurman yeah yeah that's um, true that's true which, oh speaking speaking of his strange uh his strange obsession with uma thurman did you know every every driving scene that uma thurman's character is in she did mm-hmm. because quentin tarantino insisted that she do her own driving scenes insisted and that's why her career ended shortly <laughs> hey uh, she was in the producers for a little bit yeah but he he basically like he messed up and ended that, that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> yeah, she, so, I mean, she, well, she well she got in an accident and it really messed her up. And she's yeah. forgiven him since. And he he admits it was really stupid of him to insist mm-hmm. that she do her driving scenes. But yeah. So okay. I do wanna I do wanna ask everyone's favorite uh, death scene uh, in the, the film. entire film. Uh, and before we yeah, get just, that, yeah, yeah. before we get to that, I had to consult with a. Japanese history expert mm-hmm. oh my on my misinformation of ninjas <laughs> and Wikipedia. I was no, actually, one of my friends who's a Japanese history major. Yeah, friends. Yeah, I know it's Damn. weird. Uh, about twenty-five dollars a month, uh, more than I'm paying you. Um, so a lot more. Uh, you, you guys, uh, I'm slightly more correct but also slightly more wrong because it was uh it was farmers in uh certain prefectures of feudal japan who were using guerrilla tactics to retrieve information for military purposes um as a ninja shinobi uh stories have these clans uh they were usually from farming villages yeah and they would use these guerrilla warfare tactics so yeah, yeah, but once again, so like, no. no, yeah, I knew, I knew ninjas weren't like we're gonna have a black and, <laughs> and it, like, but I knew ninja was like a real thing, but not a ninja thing. Like, it's weird. Anyways, favorite death scene. Um, buddy, you have yours, or Chris, you have yours. Mm, 
here. Problem is, like a lot of people died in this film. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. I, died. I was, I was, just, I was just sitting here. Yeah, I, I was sitting here thinking about. It. I was like, how would James A. Janice try to do a kill count on this movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he'd be uh, so I, upset. I could start with mine. Yes, go for it. Do. Yeah. So my favorite death scene was that opening fight scene in the house. Okay. Where she pulls the gun in the in the kaboom cereal, cereal yeah, box and then just a knife to the chest. Yeah. I thought that was like poetic and really good and like you got to like we said, you got to see character development in the whole fight. Not just for Uma Thurman's character, but for um oh my god. Oh, uh thank you. Copperhead. Yeah. So, so you're seeing like multiple character developments in such a short span of yeah. time. And it ends in a, a really great death scene, in my opinion. Yeah. I My favorite death scene is actually at the hospital when she kills Buck. Um, because I thought it was so appropriate because, you know, she just wakes up she's finding out people have been doing all these horrible things to her and and then you know in her way of getting rid of him she's also still kind of in a daze and so as she's slamming the door on this dude's head she's just screaming where's bill where's bill and he's just like lady i don't know who bill is (laughs) and she's like liar and just slams his head but then she has that moment she flashes back and remembers you know my name is buck and i'm here to and that just sends her over the edge to to end his life at the door. And then she, of course, takes the keys to his pussy wagon. Just the absolute no way to say that <laughs> there, there, there's literally no other way because it is the absolute worst, uh, absolute worst thing for a vehicle. The absolute just worst. Buck was like the worst human being in this entire movie. Um, and, and that 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 included the yakuza who were murdering people. Should have been called Buck. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed that death scene because it also showed how resilient she was because she did all of that without the use of her legs. Um, oh, yeah, she 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 just you know she willpowered her way through it. So that was my favorite death scene. Hmm. What about you, Chris? Once again, so many people died. Yeah, I'm just trying to stuck on my my favorite. Uh, I I got two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gogo's nail to the head, which I think is a reference to like a Japanese horror film, I believe. That is a really good death scene too. Uh, the other one is um, the animated scene where we get a Renishi's backstory and. Uh, you see uh, her mom uh, done gone and get skewered, and then you see how close the sword actually gets to her. That mm. movie, you see all the blood come down. Like, that was brutal. Yeah. Like, imagine if that was, like, live action, how brutal that would be. It would have been, you know, that would have been brutal, but the, the death of the Yakuza boss, like, the way the blood just exploded out of him. That that, that's my favorite. Or the fact that's that he gritted mean. his teeth so it's, hard he broke them out. This is a North Star <laughs> style. Right? 
Ricky uh, O. Uh, say the, uh, <laughs> the other Yakuza boss kill from Orinishi. Mm. She runs across the table and then she kills a guy. Oh, like yeah. that was that was so cool. Yeah, it was, like, it was cool. My favorite part about that though was the after. Yes, where's the after? <laughs> where, where, where she, she's so polite. She's just, she's just she was just like, if you ever have a problem with me, please be sure to voice it, and we will have you know the conversation. Nothing is off nothing is off limits except for my heritage. If you speak and speaks about this in a negative way, she's like, she's like, I will cut your f-ing head off. And, it's just like, <laughs> that, and that's all you need to know about her. It was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, like the, the most gangster line of the whole movie afterwards is like, so if any of you mother have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird because uh, my favorite death is actually in Kill Bill Volume Two. <laughs> the spoiler alert: What is Daryl Hannah's Daryl Hannah's death? No. Oh, L L uh, L Steph, where she gets yeah, yeah, both eyes, and you that's yeah, that's Daryl oh. Hannah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she gets what? Remember shit. Uh, was she done gone and get both eyes? Done gone Ooh, and get out and you just, eye. and you don't know what happens, but you know it's like just, damn, damn. <laughs> no, I I get that. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like that, that whole that scene was, was bad. Like the thing is, I remember watching Kill Bill Volume Two and just thinking I felt so bad when Pi Mae ripped out her first eye. <laughs> Man, so it's so a real quick, guys. The, the producers, yeah. the producers yelling at me. Uh, oh no! They're like, oh, gosh, "Hey, no. guys, Ivy, wrap it up." Is Ivy here to kill you now? Uh, no, she's actually on her way to your house, Chris. Didn't I'll see her in like five hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't know how far she is. She, you know, did just attack uh, Avery. Either way, yeah. Chris can take a nap beforehand. Well, that, that, that's well, guys, um, I think it's probably about time we get to <laughs> the liberation, and I kind of need to reattach my left arm. But before we do that, uh, let's take a quick break to hear from, hear about our Patreon. Hey guys, it's Avery. Before we get to the deliberation, we wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our Patreon. It's no secret that running a podcast is an expensive and time-intensive endeavor. However, you can help us continue to bring you this show, as well as assist us in making it better by subscribing to our Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to our entire listening catalog, including all of our old episodes, Patreon-exclusive episodes of our chill-out show, The Tavern, episodes of our real-play role-play show, The Drunken Dungeon, and so much more. Patrons also gain access to special perks, such as early access to episodes whenever possible, gaining the ability to suggest what movie we review next, getting a shout-out in a future episode, and even adding to the ever-growing list of Christmas nicknames. You guys know you want to do that. We couldn't do this podcast without your support, and every little bit helps. So, if you like what we do and want to support us, consider subscribing to our Patreon. The link can be found in the show notes. Again, thank you guys for your support, and let's get back to the show. Chris! Alright guys, um, it's time wait, for the... Before, before we deliberate, Avery, you know what you can touch your arm with? <laughs> Hard rice and epoxy? Hard rice, epoxy, and band-aids. Band-aids. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll you, remember everyone that. Everyone always forgets the band-aids. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, which that's, are actually that is actually a trademark, by the way. Band-aid is trademark. Fine, gauze wraps. I don't care what you use. <laughs> Something needs to hold it together. 
that's not a pop. I mean, that, that that that's that's the hard rise is for, but we'll worry about that later. Well, guys, um, thank you, thank you for joining. <laughs> thank you for joining us this week for this episode of Brews and Reviews. Um, we're gonna get down and try deliberation. So, guys, what do we? What do the brew dudes give? 2003's Kill Bill Volume One. I want to start with Chris, my other kung fu movie enthusiast. What do you give Kill Bill? On a scale of one to five, of one, five being, you have to be obliterated and not remember the past two days. But find uh, a cup of tea. A cup of tea. This a is cup of tea. Japanese or Japanese or uh, Chinese tea. Whatever your pick is. Okay, we see that, Brad. Jesus H. Christ on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> you're, a, you're a Tuesday morning. All right, but yes, as Chris was stated, on a scale of one to five, what do you give this movie? Uh, I, I love this movie. A lot of my small complaints come from volume two. Mm. Uh, I give it a two only because it's more enjoyable when you're drunk. I can see that. I love this film, though. It is more enjoyable as an adult when you can have a beverage and really not think about it. Yeah, sure. I see that. Um, I'm going to go real fast. I think I'm actually going to follow that and say a two. Um, just for the, a lot of the same reasons, I, I personally would give this movie a one. Um, but I'm also a martial arts movie fan and a martial arts historian, and I love all of the old Grindhouse stuff. So I have perfectly a perfectly fine time watching it but i think the average person watching this movie for the first time might benefit a little bit more from being a little inebriated because then they could just laugh at the absurdity of it all so i'm gonna give it a two what about Sweet. you buddy um i was first gonna say i'll give it um you take a shot for every toe that you see and <laughs> that adds up into two drinks so you know and that equals out equals out right yeah uh so i'll give it a two Oh, so this is this is crazy because I know we do the majority rule, but I added in my score beforehand and I also gave it a two. Uh, (laughs) So this is the first time we're all in agreement. Gotta drink that Pat's with the score. I'll Um, drink to that. uh, Part of me, part of me was wondering. Part of me was wondering if I was going to be before Buddy because over the course of the episode aside from my starting beer i have opened two beers um so i'm just saying pants are destroyed Uh, yeah my pants are screwed um so it's actually it's actually pretty good and part so part of the reason i'm giving it to uh two beer review is there are a few points in this film where it slows down to the point where it's just like I understand you're trying to give me backstory but like get back to the action and at the same time there are a lot of action points where it's like I understand the action but get back to the story so it's kind of a weird a weird space with this film I do love it and I really do wish I would have seen it sooner um but you know watching it this is I think this is my fourth time watching it uh, it's still just as good as the just first time. Four? Yeah, I, I was like, I, this might be my four. I'm, I'm, I'm averaging, <laughs> I'm averaging one time a year for uh, for both of these, and so that that brings our score to gentlemen a two. All right, guys. <laughs> I mean, essentially, while we love this film, it's a lot more enjoyable when you have a beverage. 
This is true. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, you, you've heard it here. The Brew Dudes give 2003's Kill Bill Volume 1 a 2 out of 5 year review. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, I think I think we talked about I think we talked about the movie for the week. But uh, before we head out, uh, we want to send you guys out with something something nice to think about. Um, before we head out, we always like to send you guys out with something positive, and we like to ask about what's going on in each of our lives outside the the realm of uh, cinema and, and film. So, guys, I have to ask, what are you currently geeking on? I want to start with Buddy. What are you geeking on, good sir? Oh. Um... Avery, I was so afraid you'd ask because I have nothing. Um, <laughs> y- 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 y'all have to see his face. He looks like he just got called on in class and he didn't do any of the reading or the homework. Or you know how like you're just, like, asleep in the back of the room. <laughs> or you know how like you the teacher calls on you to read and you like fell asleep and you're ten pages behind everyone else? Yeah. That's what exactly what that looked like. Also, I had this reoccurring nightmare. Sorry, I was gonna say dream, but it is a nightmare where I did not know that I signed up for an algebra class at the beginning of freshman year, and it's the end of freshman year, and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, 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 hold up, dude, I had the exact same dream, I shit you not, like two weeks ago, the exact same dream, right? Terrifying. <laughs> I was like, man. how did I miss a class for a whole year? <laughs> You're like, wait, so I just failed, right? That's nothing I could do. Maybe I can do like a family tree and my like score will go up or something. Um, yeah. Um, gosh, what am I geeking on? Um, get, getting out to the real world, being vaccinated. Um, as I mentioned, beginning of this, um, I just got my second vaccine shot. So I'm excited to get back to normal. Um, as of this recording, looks like the CDC is saying it's okay to wear or not wear masks. Um, mess that up. That's why I don't work at the CDC. Um, saying that it's it's okay that you can take your mask off in certain indoor situations. So things are getting more back to normal. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking out to checking out my favorite coffee shops and different places I like to visit out in LA that I just haven't been to in a year. So it should be exciting just to get back to normal. I'm very excited for that. Chris, uh, what, what about you, good sir? Uh, as of this recording, I got uh, my sister and brother-in-law. If they're listening to this, first off, why? <laughs> hey, Lizzie. Second off, don't tell mom. <laughs> please, please, please don't, please don't. I'm pretty sure your mother still still hates me for giving Chris a concussion. I don't think. No, she doesn't hate you. She's just more disappointed in me for not telling her. <laughs> You know, uh, I was expecting that. <laughs> so, uh, as a, so there, as the time of this recording that, that we're doing this podcast, uh, they're coming in next week. I took Friday off, so we're going to go hang out, go out to. They want to go out to Jester King, which uh, they already have a lot of my money. They're going to get even more so now. So, just looking forward to hanging out with them. Uh, I mentioned this several times that I'm back to doing kung fu with. Uh, my my instructor Avery, you're welcome to join us and trade things. Because quite frankly, uh, we're open to any interpretation of it, and we got some good stuff in there that's not really seen outside our particular uh, sect of what we do. Uh, I also just bought a guitar, and it came in about a week or two ago. So uh, I'm a terrible guitar player, even though I've been playing bass for damn near 20 years now 
So there's that. Uh, I guess that leaves. Well, no one cares about Brad. So Avery. <laughs> Um, yeah, Only so... can say that. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, mine and mine have been <laughs> trying to be pretty chill about everything. Um, currently I'm geeking on boxing. Um, so I oh, do... Wait, wait, real quick. Have you... Do you know about Coach Anthony? No, what? I'll send it to you. It's on YouTube. Okay. I'll send it to you. It's okay. good shit. But um, but yeah, no, I I've uh, picked up boxing. I mean, I've always been a fan of boxing, and obviously been involved in my arts my whole life. But I started like boxing primarily a couple weeks ago, um, and I I really really enjoy it. Um, so shout out to my coaches, Coach Joey and Coach Jason. Uh, it's really fun. Um, it's it's not so so fun when they they, they have you put somebody in their place for being a jerk. Um, <laughs> but it's uh it's it's, gr- it's been great for me at least cardio wise to get in workouts it's it also feels good because i actually rolled for the first time in a year or more than a year on monday um and i was really really concerned about doing any form of like bjj or grappling because of covid but now i'm you know obviously fully vaccinated and with the way the world is coming back to normal i was able to not only grapple but you know get in some rounds with people and it was really really fun um and I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to learn more from everybody and get more involved in that. And other than that, though, I'm currently also geeking on toys. I am I'm becoming a more avid toy collector, which is weird for a 31 year old man to say, but it's OK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hey, it's but, your uh, money. You do what you want with it. You, you make more than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> No, actually, right now, Brad makes more than all of us. <laughs> well, not currently, because he doesn't have a job at the district. Starting court. Monday. Oh, Congrats actually, I do know, I do know this coach. I do know this coach. I know him. I've been watching his videos. It's good. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, getting into just buying random toy stuff. And, you know, if you look around my office, there's random, like, Pokemon stuff everywhere, like, tons of cards. So I'm, like, a gigantic kid at heart. But, uh, yeah, um... I think it's time for Brad. Um, so, Brad, I, I don't want to alarm you, but um, right behind you, buddy. I, 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 th- th- there's, there's Bra- Brad. Um, what, but Bra- Brad. Oh no! Sh- no. Sorry, oh, God. Brad, I'm so sorry. I, what are you? What are you? What are you? I don't. I don't see anything. Brad. Oh no! It was Chris who said it. It was Chris. <laughs> oh, well, um... That better yeah. him than me. Yeah, just, Chris, you brought the this same. on us. Well, guys, well, we, we have to... I didn't bring a thing on you. I was hungry. I'm sorry. For, I apologize. It's not my fault Brad died because of something I said. Well, uh... Well, that that's good to know how you feel about all of us, Chris. Well, guys, we need to go try to... No, just Brad. Help, we have to go try to help Brad find his leg. Uh, anything. Thank you for joining us this right? week. We, we appreciate it. When that happened? Atari Hanzo said, this sword can cut God. But Brad said, what if God is vegan? <laughs> this is, wow. I feel this. sorry for the people who are vegan. They can have bacon. <laughs> this More okay, gross. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, my name is Avery. I'm here alongside with Buddy, Brad, and Chris. And uh, we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye. The movies are open now, so we mean it this time. Thank you for listening to this week's episodes of Brews and Reviews. 
As always, Brews and Reviews would like to thank you for tuning in. And if you liked what you just listened to, please subscribe to the podcast, give them a like, leave a review, comment on the episodes, and tell your friends about the cast as it really helps the algorithm get the show out there. If you want to follow the Brew Dudes on social media, check them out at the Brewcast Crew on Twitter and the Brews and Reviews Pod on Instagram, where they post information about current and upcoming episodes, and so that you never miss a second of their drunken adventures. The Brews and Reviews Podcast drops regular episodes the first and second Wednesdays of each month, as well as special deep cuts episodes once a month, and is available on every major streaming service, so be sure to check back for more inebriated mishaps. So, until next episode, we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye!